3: Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is internet marketing. I'm Andy White. And today I'm joined by Chris Kearns, digital marketer, data analyst, author, head of analytics and research at Spreadfast. Hello, Chris. How are you?
2: Hi, Andy. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you?
3: I, I'm doing pretty good. I almost run out of breath um, saying all these sort of list of things that you do. Uh, tell us a bit about Chris Kearns and what you do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I am a, uh, a data analyst. Uh, I work at Spreadfast, like you just said, where we have all sorts of different social data. So Spreadfast is, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, an enterprise-level social marketing company. We work with some of the biggest companies out there to manage all their different social activities. And so what we have is is access, great access, to data from all the the major social networks, uh, from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to, to whoever. And my job day in and day out is to look at that data and find interesting insights and patterns that can help us be smarter, that can help the industry be smarter, but more importantly, help our our customers and our partners be smarter about social data.
3: Now, I know, Chris, that you talk, or certainly of late, you've been talking quite a lot about this notion of real-time marketing. Just tell us a bit about what real-time marketing is. Sure.
2: There are a few different definitions out there. The, The way that I look at it, based on the field that I work in, is is around social. But you you can expand it beyond social, which many people have, and and, uh, I think that's where it's headed. But anyway, real-time marketing, the way way that I look at it, is a brand jumping on a social trend and joining a conversation where they might not necessarily have traditionally been able to jump in on that. One of the most uh, popular and well-known examples was in the 2013 Super Bowl when Oreo when the when the lights went out right after halftime and Oreo jumped in with a quickly created tweet about the event yeah. that was uh, created from a war room right that, that was a a big event where everyone was watching something but a micro event that happened that you could not have predicted uh, so they had a, a war room and 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 a group of creative people and social strategists uh, that created very quick content. And, and, and it, got, uh, it got huge press for them. But really what real-time marketing does is it jumps on a micro trend that everyone is talking about. It's making content much, much more relevant. And it doesn't have to just be around a big event like the Super Bowl can happen with daily trends or or other smaller trends as well. But it's brands jumping in on these conversations where over the, the past uh, 20, 30, 40 years, all the campaigns have been pre-canned and thought out and you kind of know what to expect when a brand is talking. Now, it, it's, it's, it's much more varied.
3: It sounds like it could be called um, seat-of-the-pants marketing, really, isn't it? It could. Uh, you know,
2: I, I look into it in the book in a lot of different ways. There's a lot that, that does have to be done uh, seat-of-the-pants. There's a lot of it that can be done way ahead of time, uh, but we can get
3: into that in, yeah. in a minute. I mean, how, how effective is real-time marketing? I know you've done a fair bit of research on it, haven't you? Yes.
2: Yeah, so uh, just a few weeks ago, uh I had my first book published uh by Paul Greg Macmillan. McMillan. It's called Trendology. And it is a study of over a hundred brands looking and, and and doing real-time marketing and looking at the data and analytics behind does this stuff actually work? And when when it works, what are brands doing to make it work uh even better? And so um I've I've been looking at the performance across many different types of real time marketing, and overall, absolutely, it does work really, really well. What got me interested in this was was I, I kept seeing headlines about real time marketing, and because it is a lot different than what we're used to seeing as marketers, we, you know, we're not used to seeing Denny's uh, diner jump in and and talk about you know the the, the Oscars, and we're not used to uh, Charmin toilet paper. Uh, talking about a trending topic that's happening that day. These are weird things for us. And, and so we'll, what's happened, and, and I completely recognize that, what's happened is that over the past few years, since this has, has picked up steam, uh, a lot of different uh, media outlets and, and, and press have jumped in and just kind of made fun of it uh, week, week after week after week. Uh, saying, hey, brands, you don't belong in these conversations. You're embarrassing yourselves doing this. What, I kept seeing this conversation happening, happening over and over again, but I'd never seen anybody look at the data behind it to see if it actually worked. And that's, that's uh, how the book came about.
3: So you, you've done this research. Chris. What are the findings of the Bing? What else have you found out?
2: So overall, real-time marketing, as silly as it is, uh, as, it, as it can be, uh, works very, very well. In different cases, every, every trend is different, every event is different, but overall, it more than doubles the level of engagement that I'm seeing for brands that use the practice versus when they don't use the practice. And it kind of makes sense if you step back and, and think about it. What brands are doing is they're talking about a relevant topic. When, when, you, when a brand talks about a trend or a big event as it's happening, they're talking about something that the audience has top of mind in that micro-moment. Mm. Uh, if they're watching the Super Bowl, if they're watching the Emmys, they've got the second screen up most of the time, and they're following the conversation there in tandem as well. And brands are just jumping on that conversation to be relevant. And that's why I'm seeing the percentage of retweets and the percentage of favorites uh, specifically on Twitter go through the roof when they do these real-time tactics. Now there are certain things that they should and shouldn't do uh and the data uh has, has helped point out a lot of those, and all those findings are are in the book as well. But it, it works across lots of different types of real-time marketing. So in, in the book, I, I break out the different quadrants that I've found around real-time marketing. One is the big event, the um the the Super Bowl type stuff. Yeah. Uh and, and there's two different types of content you, you can build around a Super Bowl or an Emmys or a Golden Globes or an Oscars, right? There's pre-canned content where before the Emmys even happen, I know who the nominees are. I know who the host is going to be. I know who the musical guests are going to be. So I can create content weeks in advance and just plan it to go out during uh, during the Emmys or the Oscars, whatever the event might be. Yes. That's one type of it. Then there's the Oreo-type stuff, the the micro-moments within a big event, where Snickers uh, tweets about the World Cup and, and the player biting the other player, or the, uh, the Arby's... Uh, jumping in on the Grammys and and tweeting at Pharrell, which which got a huge response. That's the type of stuff where you need someone watching the micro events for the big sure. event yeah. and responding quickly. But then there's, there's, there's also real-time marketing around smaller events. There's what I call watch list RTM, which is topics that you think might be coming up. You don't know when they're going to happen. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I know, you know, Justin Bieber is going to do something stupid. I just don't know <laughs> when it's going to be particularly during that month. So I just need to keep an eye out on that and react if it's right for my brand to do that. Yeah. And then there's daily trending topics that pop up, these hashtags that pop up uh, every day. So all, all four of these different types of uh, opportunities around real time work really, really well for brands. Depending on the brand, depending on the message, uh, they can go up and down. Depending on the tactics that the brand use, they can go up and down. But overall when brands talk about these relevant topics the audience absolutely loves it and they respond by retweeting sharing and favoriting and engaging with the content far, way way more than the new the usual kind of canned content that these brands put
3: out it's almost like um sort of preparing uh, a bit of a macabre sort of um analogy but it's almost like sort of loading a gun with with certain content and mm-hmm. you're ready to fire it when you see something that you think might happen like you mentioned that yeah. the biting incident, like <laughs> I bet someone yeah. gets bitten in this football match. Let's get some tweets ready, you know.
2: <laughs> well, th- th- that's the stuff that you can't see. Like who would have thought, uh, I don't know, uh, that, that you could have seen that coming. But no, it, 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 it's all about, especially for the big events, it's about preparing and, um, and being ready for that stuff, but also being nimble and being able to react to stuff and knowing what's in line and what's out of line for your brand, having those legal guidelines, having those procedural guidelines set up so that the team that's doing it doesn't have to seek approval for every piece of content. They know what's what the voice is, yeah. what the tone is, and what's in and what's out of bounds, and they can react. Um, and, and, and there's kind of a, a system of trust within the organization. Uh, that That's really essential. And I, I dive into that around the process of, of real time in the book Uh, but yeah it's absolutely you know for any big event you're gonna have brands that are preparing uh, content I I I kick the book off with the story of the of the Arby's tweet and the social media manager whose name is Josh Martin Mm. uh, who does an amazing job for Arby's uh, and leading them and and the story of how they were tweeting at Pharrell during the Grammys and had a huge response the the biggest branded response in, in the history of Twitter I believe at the time and you know he says that that when they prep for an event they end up using maybe ten or twenty percent of the content that they actually create, mm. just because the other stuff just doesn't feel right, or certain things don't happen the way they thought it might happen. Yes, but they're okay with that. It's um, you know they they don't see that as as an issue. That's just kind of the the way that that uh, that real time works.
3: It's almost like pre prepared event driven marketing, really. Then isn't it?
2: It is, but you have to be okay to not use every bullet in the gun. Yes, to c- continue your analogy. Uh, because it, it could end up looking tired or forced if if you say I have to I have to get these messages across. That's more like the traditional marketing that that real time is is disrupting.
3: Yeah, I mean, in your research, any big surprises when you were looking at real time marketing? Things that surprise you the most? There
2: were a lot of surprises. Actually, uh, I was surprised that it worked so well, to be yeah. honest with you, and then um, that it works so well consistently. I also was surprised, you know, the, the first thing that people usually mention when, when I say that you know, more brands are doing this and it works really well, is uh, people always mention that there's going to be a saturation point at some point where too many brands are, are talking about uh, certain subjects. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I haven't found that at all, which was surprising to me because that, that was one of the first reactions I had as well. And it, it makes sense, I suppose, if you step back and think about it, because if, if there's a trend that's happening, say, today, if there's a, a trending topic that popped up mm-hmm. and 10 brands jump on it or 20 brands jump on it, for me to see all 20 of those brands and, and what they say about the trend, the way that the current Twitter algorithm works, I would have to follow all 20 of those brands. And I don't. right? And I'm not going to. So it's not going to overload my feed as uh, as a user of Twitter unless i go and seek out the hashtag to see what everyone's talking about around the trend then i'll see all the brands talking
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: But then at that point, that's a different experience. I'm seeking out that content. So I want to see that. So the saturation thing, I'm not seeing at all. Um unless you talk about brands that are double dipping, triple dipping on one trend, I'm seeing saturation in that point where the first couple of, of messages around a trend seem to do uh very well, but then there's there's depreciating returns. Mm. People get sick of that brand talking over and over and over about it. Uh other things that I'm seeing is uh there's a trend in real time where during big events especially, brands start talking to each other yeah. and making fun of each other or just kind of commenting on whatever. And um, the, the data shows that, that the audience doesn't really care about that stuff, that that type of communication uh, performs worse than the other types of real-time marketing uh, that, that brands do. So uh, that was surprising to me. I thought that, that kind of the inside baseball side of social media managers talking to each other might be interesting to people, yeah. but it, it, it's not, and the data shows that.
3: Mm. I'm just trying to get my head around when this first appeared, Chris. When mm-hmm. did you first see it? Because um, I know that there are other sort of like, I know he said buzzwords then, which is probably the wrong word, just sort mm-hmm. de- descriptive different types of marketing. Like there was a bit of a sort of um, a prevalence of uh, native advertising and native marketing being talked about fairly recently. This is different to that, isn't it? This is more sort of event based rather than sort of interest based, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. And it's more, uh, it can be more reactive as well versus pre planned, although, like we talked about, it can go in, in both directions. Yeah. The, the Oreo moment was the big moment for real time. So that's almost two years now and caught everyone else off guard. The Super Bowl, so it was like February 2013. 2013, yeah. But if, you know, and I dive into this in the, in the book, if you go back and look over the past few decades, this has been happening in different forms.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, The I I don't I don't know if they had the the ads over in the UK but in the US when I was growing up every Super Bowl uh, right after the Super Bowl they would have the MVP of the Super Bowl or the quarterback who won the game uh, in a in a quick ad right after the Super Bowl and they'd say where what are you doing next and they say I'm going to Disneyland or I'm going to Disney World Yeah. yeah really quick turn stuff but hyper relevant to the audience that was still watching the end of the game uh, or the, the, you know, the, the wrap up to the game. And you know, that was a form of real-time marketing. Uh, I would have hated to be in that video booth trying to put that thing together because yeah. it's now much easier for us to react with the technology that we have. But that was uh, one of the, the, the early examples that I cited. And if, and if we even look at just Google search terms and the way that AdWords works, uh, you know, that's all relevant. Uh, content-based, real-time responsiveness to what's top of mind for me. If I'm searching for trips to Hawaii and I get ads based on trips to Hawaii, that's an, a, an event that it's being responsive to. Uh, and those relevant ads work much better than just blanket uh, other other types of, you know, billboard or or whatever type ads. Yeah. So yeah. We, we've been seeing this uh, for a while. It just happens to be that social networks are now, there's so much time spent on social networks now that advertisers will follow wherever eyeballs go and wherever attention goes, wherever time goes for their consumers. And social is such a great place for real time to happen that it's just it's all coming together right now.
3: Yeah. So it's I mean it's 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 not a, a new idea, but it's been brought up to date no. and it's it's like happening. It's easier to do it now with social media and the way things are at the moment. Where do you see it going in the future? Do you think it's, you know, I mean you alluded earlier that uh you were surprised that it wasn't sort of people sort of getting savvy to it and getting a bit fed up of it. But where do you see it panning out in the future?
2: Yeah, I don't see any signs of it slowing down. In fact, uh, you know, we do weekly blog posts here at Spreadfast around the data behind RTM. And I'm seeing more and more and more brands jumping in on us every week. So I, I don't I don't see it slowing down. I, I see it becoming a huge part of how brands do social media, but I think that it, it'll go beyond social media as well. Like like we talked about in in the, in the opening, I think that real time means a lot more than social media. It happens to be that social media is a conversation based platform mm. that is a pretty brand friendly environment, uh, depending on on uh, which opinions you read about that. But I, I believe it's a brand friendly environment from the data that I'm seeing. So it, it's 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 a perfect time for real time to happen there. But I think. With mobile technology expanding, um, it's it's only the 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 tip of the spear as far as what can happen with real time and relevance. If we step back and say, well, why does real time marketing really work? It's because again, it's relevant. So relevant uh, relevant things aren't just topics that are that are top of mind or events that are happening. It's location based stuff. It's where I am in my life. Uh, it's you know life events that are happening around me. It's uh, all sorts of different things can be considered real time and marketers uh, with the technology that we have are going to have huge opportunities here in the next two, three, five years around uh, being hyper relevant to their audience.
3: So, I mean, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are the sort of small, medium sized businesses. How could this be mm-hmm. applied? What about execution, Chris? How should someone sure. get started in real time marketing?
2: Yeah, it's funny because when I looked at, uh, I I decided to go really wide with the book and and the data behind it. So I looked at the Interbrand 100, which is the 100 most valuable brands in the world. I wanted a wide view of different industries uh, and different verticals to see if it worked uh, more than just case study-based stuff, right? Mm. So um, what I found, though, was, and granted, those are all big companies, the, the Interbrand 100, so it wasn't really targeted at small, and medium businesses, but what I found was that a lot of the real-time brands that are seeing success, and I continue to see this as I continue to pull data every week, are the smaller brands that need some type of advantage or uh, that uh, have more flexibility in their marketing, Yes, yeah. that are less risk-averse, and more kind of reward based
3: it kind of makes sense doesn't it because you need this sort of like quick reaction type approach
2: yeah and, and big companies can do that they just need processes in place to manage that risk yeah but um w- which can absolutely be done but i see the smaller companies actually doing better in real time so that that uh, i've had a lot of questions about small and medium businesses and can they jump on real time and i think it's absolutely a huge a huge opportunity for small and medium businesses to jump in there, there's 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 Hardly any barrier to entry to doing it there's hardly any cost to doing it, and uh, you can jump in and and see what works and what doesn't really really fast, what resonates with your audience really, really fast, and continue to develop your program so I, I think the easiest way to start is to go around these different planned events. I look at um, all sorts of different events in the book, but it 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 tends to be the ones that work better than others are these kind of quirky little events uh, like uh, depending on the type of brand that you have, company you have, there's things like National Dog Day, there's, yeah. uh, there's Star Wars Day, which was May the 4th, yeah. uh, I saw huge engagement around that. In the UK, I saw huge bumps around uh, the Royal Baby, the first Royal Baby, and then the yeah. announcement of yeah. the second Royal Baby with UK's brands jumping in small, and, and those are brands that go everywhere from, from Marks and Spencer to Nissan UK to, uh, to museums, to, uh, tourism companies in London, mm. they all saw bumps. It was across all sizes and, and types of biz- businesses, but these types of planned events that you can may- maybe see coming, you can create your content early and then just schedule it to go out and then try it. You know, use the right hashtag, make sure you're talking about what's top of mind for your audience. Mm. And that way you don't need a war room or anything like that. It's just another tweet, uh, or, or Facebook post that's correctly timed, and see, see what resonates.
3: It's interesting, actually, you mentioned events. I'm sure I can, I'm going to make myself look like an idiot now, because I mm. can't remember what it was, but I, um, I was very interested in following this comet lander that we had recently, the European Space Agency. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I could have sworn I remember seeing, it might have been Galaxy or Mars or someone did some tweets based around, with the word comet in, based around this whole sort of comet vibe that was going on.
2: Yeah, I don't remember which brands jumped in on it, but I know there were a bunch. Yeah, And again, that stuff's happening every week. We hear about the bigger ones or we... Now, unfortunately, with the press, we tend to hear about the, the the brands that mess up every once in a while. Yes, but um, this type of stuff is happening every week, and these brands are seeing huge engagement bumps because, again, they're they're jumping on trends. They're not going to jump on a trend that doesn't make sense or or that's a hypersensitive issue if the, if they know what they're doing. But jumping on trends that that your audience loves and that you can celebrate things like the comet landing, and if you have an insightful take on it or a funny take on it or something like that. Uh, it, it's it's definitely worth trying out.
3: Definitely. Well, it's a fascinating subject, Chris. Thank you so much for sort of sharing your your knowledge and insights on that. So tell us, number one, where we can find the book, and number two, how we can find out about you and more about what you do, or vice versa.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the, the book's available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and um, hopefully other bookstores that are out there called Trendology, and again, it's, you know, the first half is data analysis around does this stuff actually work and when does it work, and then the second half is uh, how do you build an organization, either a small organization or a big organization, around the concept of real-time, what are the processes and the team and and the technology that you need to to take advantage of it. Uh, You can find out more about me. Uh, I've got a personal website, uh, www.chris-kearns.com where I try to blog about data and social uh, social data issues uh, and findings when I have spare time. But then also, again, like I mentioned, here at Spreadfast, we have a weekly series. Well, we have, we have blog posts going up every day. But around real-time marketing, we have a Tuesday series where every Tuesday we come out with new case studies and data-driven aspects of real-time marketing, what works and what doesn't. Uh, so that's just at uh, spreadfast.com slash blog. So please check that out.
3: Fantastic. And your surname, Kearns, that's K E R N S, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find the show notes at sitevisibility.com forward slash IM podcast. You can find us also on Stitcher as well as on iTunes. And if you've got questions or you want to sort of phone up and leave an audio question or a comment, uh, the email is podcast at uk. The phone number is plus four four one two seven three two five six. 150. So it's goodbye for me, Andy White, and it's goodbye from Chris.
2: Goodbye. Thanks, Andy. Let's do it again sometime.
3: Definitely. And we'll see you all again next time on Internet Marketing.